Hi, and welcome to Mad Beef, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. This is Mike Beach, and today I want to talk about what it would actually mean for rollerblading to come back. Um, rollerblading exploded, and it was it was not just an, a sport and a new sport, it became a fad, and, and it became enormous, and this huge phenomenon, and we've charted some of that from an Australian point of view in my interviews with um, Ian Smith that you can check out on the iTunes podcast and SoundCloud and so on. Um, it, it exploded in a huge way, right? Um, uh, but then that fad died, and all the things attached to that fad uh, began to evaporate. Um, and, and in the process of that, um, a couple of other kind of social economic things happened. Um, they were... And that, that particularly affected the fate of rollerblading in America and Australia. I'm not sure quite in the same way, though, in Asia and Europe. That's kind of a different thing. I don't know as much about uh, the exact charts of what, what participation looked like in the 2000s and 2010s in those places. Um, uh, but that, that means that then, you know, like you, you, what, what you saw in terms of those sort of social economic flow-on effects were things like the unfortunate exclusion of rollerblading from uh, the American X Games um, and uh, uh, and the decline in uh, a quite significant decline in participation in North America and Australia so that now you just don't see anyone almost at all rollerblading. Um, th- those were kind of flow-on effect things. Um, but, but that whole chart, for it to have gone from just this ridiculous explosion of popularity uh, to then uh, not only a decline in that fad, but also then a, um, a decline in um, uh, general participation and, and uh, removal from certain key competitions, um, uh, that means that when people think about what it would mean for inline skating to have a new heyday, uh, the reference point is kind of extraordinary fad explosion. Um, and so it's like, what would it take for inline skating to become a huge fad, global, peak rise, high participation phenomenon? Um, and, and I wonder if really that's an artificial reference point, uh, an unhelpful reference point. Um, in, in, in thinking about it and because we're kind of like not every sport has that ever uh, and not really any sport maintains that long term except you know like the absolute few uh, you know soccer uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean or um, you know some of these those few sports that have this massive peak in popularity tennis um, and skateboarding I think fits into that right skateboarding has has kind of carved a niche uh, that it will always have in a kind of unique, long-term sort of way, um, you know, surfing. Um, and, and so I think what we need to do is instead of thinking, what will it take to rollerblade to get back to that, is instead, what will it take for rollerbladers to have a steady, uh, healthy, stable, um, uh, long-term participation? You know, that's, that's a slightly different kind of question uh, and a way more attainable vision where it's saying, uh, what will it take for rollerblading to be present in key 
uh, competitions uh, and shops and um, and just be just considered one of the options just to have a seat at the table um, alongside scootering, skateboarding and BMXing and everything else so that when people faction support they think of it as much as anything else um, and it's visible as much as anything else um, I think that's the goal I, I think that's that's the hope um, and in a sense what we're clawing black in that sense is not this mass fad popularity that's artificial and possible to generate uh, nor a total dominance although I think in some ways that's more plausible for it gradually to claw its way into becoming uh, this very established, I think that's possible that's a decades long thing but it's possible for it and I think it's really on the way to being something that will just always be there you know um uh, but yeah, it's how to get it back to back to healthy. It's getting it's competitions, it's shops, it's involvement, it's media, um, and it's building those things with a model uh, and a style of scale um, that doesn't rely upon fat dynamics, you know. And I think that's what we're seeing. And I think that's rollerblading coming back. Is not it coming back? It's rollerblading getting roots down and being here to stay. It has survived, it has evolved, it will continue to exist, um, you know, and maybe it will continue to exist more like a, um, what am I trying to say, a, uh, um, you know, a minor sport. It's underwater hockey, it's water polo, it's, um, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's not the, the key shot put, it's not the key thing, not the big thing. Um, uh, but it's a thing, um, and it's a steady thing, uh, year on year and place on place. Um, and so I think that's the kind of question you ask, is what do we need to do to keep it here tomorrow? What, what do we need to do to keep it accessible widely? What do we need to do to keep it uh, understandable, familiar, um, uh, open, friendly, <laughs> all those sorts of things um, to keep it a living sport um, uh, and not a not a cultural relic if you know what I mean um, and I think we're seeing all those things in place and I think what's happening right now that in a sense as I've sort of noticed podcasts springing up quite a lot this year isn't that interesting right so um, so there's just a, a new flurry of media coming out, as well as websites popping out just this year. You know, just a new surge of media um, building on people who've been doing that for you know, decades <laughs> uh, through the winter of Blading's lull. Um, new products, new brands. Um, I think all of that sets things up. Um, uh, that's, that's the original participants uh, reaching a different stage of life and a different capacity to build and lead. Um, uh, all of that can't, can't but help create a um, kind of new floor. <laughs> it's raising the floor. So that even though the ceiling might still only have occasional spikes and not really be that high, the floor is higher. You know, there's, there's more to stand on. There's more uh, people um, doing a little. Do you know what I mean? 
uh, it's like kendo <laughs> how cool kendo outfits and uh, here I am in a small city medium sized university 14,000 people here in Hobart and there's a society for kendo <laughs> you know and, and so it, blading could be bigger than kendo more diverse than that but it kind of it's it's that it's that you don't have to go oh is that even around is that even available let's go of course it's around of course it's available um yeah so so i think that's the way to think it's less this uh idealistic movement firing um high goal explosion kind of thinking and instead is this determined steady uh, rock solid stubborn long-term approach um there's two books by a business kind of guru guy big popular big selling books um a guy called jim collins the one that's probably the most famous and maybe the most initially appealing is called um uh what's it called good to great and it's like you know here's my study and my research and um what it how it uh, you know, key businesses that suddenly turned a corner and became enormous. And here are the things they did to do it, you know. Um, but that book is kind of almost depressing to read because really in the end you could do all the things in that book that all those companies did and not get the same explosive result. You can't make something viral by design, you know. There's, there's too much out of your control. Far more inspiring is his other book, Built to Last, which takes a much longer range view of companies that slowly, slowly, slowly built across decades and decades, and often had decades of kind of um, basically being unknown uh, before eventually kind of hitting this tipping point and becoming enormous. Uh, and I think that's far more, it's less, less um, immediately exciting, but far more inspirational because it's far more achievable um, because... Uh, if you just steadily build, uh, you're there. And if you make the right decisions and key big lunges, you can uh, reach up to a whole new level. Um, and I think that's there's a lot in that. And maybe, maybe I should dig that book out, actually, and talk through it and reflect on what that could look like for our sport. I might do that. There you go. I'm going to put that in my little Google, Google Keep notepad for next time. So, anyway, there you go. Um, have a good day. Bye. Bad V for Rollerblading podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can find us on Facebook and SoundCloud or subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you have any questions, comments, requests or podcast contributions, please message us on Facebook. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a once-off or regular contribution. Even just two bucks a month, every little bit helps. See you later.